evening team. Welcome to Builders Problem Solved. This is the regular podcast from uh, Builders Business Black Belt uh, every Wednesday evening. And the whole idea of Builders Problem Solved is to tackle the real issue. So uh, if you've got any questions about your business that you'd like to ask, um, you can pop them in the, the comments section. You can direct message me however you want to get the questions to me. Um, do that. I'll just get my uh, little communication thing happening. There we go. We're up and running. So just before we get going, if you haven't already done it, um, I believe just above the video here, there is a link and if you click on the link, and I think it only works if you're on a computer, if you click on the link, it uh, allows me to see your comments uh, and so forth in real time on the Ecamm live platform that I'm using. So if you get a, an opportunity to do that, that would be awesome. Uh, Emma's watching. Wayno, Steve, Stevie-O, Susan is there, Adrian, uh, and the, I know there's a bunch of other people coming. There was a bit of a rush on people uh, joining Builders in a Circle <laughs> tonight to uh, be able to get into uh, and watch into the group and watch Builders Problems Solved this evening. Um, had a bit of a conversation with our Black Belt members uh, in the last week or so just about different software that builders can use to um, help put their proposals together, manage the projects, some allow the, the customers to log in and find out progress, all sorts of really, really cool stuff. Uh, and Simone had a great idea through that discussion. Uh, I was to reach out to uh, as many of the Australian software companies uh, as I could and see whether they would talk to us and uh, let us know what's out there, what the differences are between theirs and others and so forth. So I've done that today and I've had two responses already. Um, and so just keep an eye out in for future uh, Builders Problem Solved episodes where we'll be getting some of the... Uh, the uh, owners of, if you like, of these uh, software businesses that are specifically for builders on the show, uh, and you'll be able to ask them your questions to see what suits you the best. Dave's just joined us. Claire is with us. Uh, ben. Ben's one of the guys who just uh, I was in a conversation with and, and he just joined moments ago. <laughs> so glad to see you with us, Ben. Uh, so if you've got any questions as we go through here, please ask them. If you've got any comments um, as we go through, through, please put them in the comment section, questions in the comment section and so forth. So I've got a, a bunch of questions that have been asked to me over the last um week and I've kind of grouped them uh, and and I think that the ones that I've got kind of answers some of the other ones uh, also. So a few of them were quite similar, which is cool. That happens a fair bit. So the first question is, um, I've almost tripled my turnover over the last three years and I feel I'm working longer and making the same money. 
Uh, that sounds a bit common to me. I've heard this story before. What ideas do you have? Uh, I keep thinking I need more work, but not sure how I'd get it done. Already doing some form of work most weekends. So uh, hands up anybody out there who can relate to that question. Um, I hear that that story a lot. So, gee, it's it's. I, I, I'm going to endeavour to give you some answers here, but it's a really quite a broad question. But the first point I'd like to make is, and it seems to be a real common uh, mistake I, I see being made in relation to measuring a business's success, and that is measuring the turnover. Because I've spoken to builders in the past um, one springs to mind when when I tell uh, talk about this this problem, and and I remember speaking to this guy who had a turnover around about twenty million dollars a year, uh, was doing super high end stuff to the point where he um, uh, he he had to sign non disclosure agreements with his clients because some of them are quite famous and it all needed to be kept under wraps and so forth. Um, but a turnover of $20 million doing probably, I don't know, three or four projects a, um, a year, absolutely stressed out under the pump like you wouldn't believe um, and was just making a good wage really uh, for all of the time, effort and most importantly the risk. So let's, let's nip that in the bud uh, straight away. So uh, David Hall has mentioned better quality jobs, not more jobs for less money. Absolutely. So there's a couple of things that we need to look at here. Um, it's not that you're not working hard enough. In fact, I, I, I haven't come across a builder yet um, that doesn't work hard. And you've heard it before, and I'm not going to um, insult you with with just placations like you, you can't work, you, you don't work harder, you work smarter. What the the hell does that even mean? Working smarter. Well, let's unpack that. So already working hard, and if if you're really tapped out. There is no more bandwidth to take on any more work. So there's no point the turnover going up. What we need to do is figure out how to make a good profit with the with the current turnover that we've got because the mistake that most builders make is that they have a fun, fundamentally flawed process in the first place when they're small and then they get bigger and the flaws get bigger. And that means the problems get bigger. If, if your model has flaws in it, there are going to be mistakes made. There's going to be inefficiencies. And as you increase the number of people, as you increase the number of jobs um, and increase the number of um, the paperwork and everything that goes along with increasing jobs and work, everything else increases as well, including your workload, including your expenses, including your stress levels. So as Dave said, we've got to look for better quality jobs. So this comes back to 
And there's a multi-pronged approach, as I said. It comes back to something that we've, we've spoken about in past shows is you really need to get super clear on the ideal type of project for, that, that you love doing and the type of person that you would like to be working with, meaning the, the, the customer. We've got to get really clear on the project, but even more clear on the person so we know about their fears, frustrations, wants and aspirations. So all of our positioning and marketing and we call it attracting builders business black belt messages are really focused and resonate with that type of person. And yes, there's a lot of work in doing that, but you're already doing a lot of work. The secret here is if you flick over and start to put some effort into this space, what happens is at some stage in the future, you start to get your niche type of project with a really high quality uh, customer. When you've got a high-quality customer, they're more than prepared to pay you a premium. They genuinely see the value. They have a high level of trust in you because you have gone to the trouble, and all of this happens subconsciously, by the way. You've gone to the trouble of understanding their fears, frustrations, wants, and aspirations, so they feel understood, so that there's a connection there. And so you could be the most expensive Um, proposal that they've received for the project, but more often than not, you will still get the nod because there's this high level of trust uh, and they are a quality prospect. So quality prospect is one thing. So we've got more profitable projects. And I know some of our members over the time have reduced the number of projects they've done in a year and made more money. What are we doing this for? You know, uh, most building businesses are set up so it strips away your time. It certainly doesn't make you rich, and it gives you a lot of stress. And I'm not sure whether that's what you signed up for in the first place. I doubt it. Um, have I said good evening to Christine, Hugh, uh, Grant, Lee, and Adam have also joined us. Good evening, folks. So that's one part of it. That's kind of the front end. Vivian's just joined as well. That's the, the front end, making sure you're getting quality in. But then there is a lot of efficiencies that can be created uh, in your processes. And, and I'm hoping that when we talk to these guys from the software companies over the next few weeks and months, it's going to put you in front of some, some really good um, tools that are going to help you plan better, create better processes, um, that are going to create efficiencies. So that's a tool. But you also need to have a mindset of uh procedures and systems. You've basically got to create a culture in your business of procedures and systems. Now, I'm not sure about the size of the business of the person that asked this question, but I don't care if it's just you on your own. These answers are so uh, still so, so, uh, relevant to a person that's just one out you know, it's just you or you and an apprentice or you and a tradie and an apprentice. It can be small or large. These solutions are relevant no matter what. 
So even if it's just you, you need to have procedures and systems because you need to have a consistent way of doing certain things. It needs to be captured and measured because if it's not captured and measured, we're not sure, we're not 100% sure that we're doing it the same way each time. And even if the way that you're doing it isn't the best way and you know it's not the best way, you need to make sure that you and everybody else in the team is following that same process. And then the next step, if you do have a team, is to start to get the team involved in the refinement and or the creation of new procedures, new processes. And this is where it really takes an amazing shift. If you can create a culture where your team understands the benefits to them if they contribute to how we can do things better. And in fact, uh, in, in Black Belt, we teach our guys and support our guys in creating what we call a vision for the team. And that means... Um, that you go to the team and, and basically say, this is what I want for you guys. I want you to have more flexibility. Like why, why do we need to punch clocks? And, and we don't. You can run your business in a more flexible way so it's easier and suits people better rather than having to start at a certain time, finish at a certain time. Believe it or not, that is possible. Uh, the second thing you can say to the guys is I want you to to have more financial security. So if we can come together and figure out ways to create efficiencies, um, the 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 additional profit that can be made through finding those efficiencies, I want to share with everybody because if everyone's contributing, everyone should be rewarded financially. And then the third thing I would suggest you have in your vision is fun. So you say to the guys, let's start having conversations on a regular basis where we can sit around the table and put the things that give us the shits on the table, the things that bore us, the things that frustrate us, the, the, the things that we just don't like doing or being involved in, and let's have a conversation about that to see how we can make it fun. And if it's one of the, the, the parts of the vision for the team, it really dictates how you do things in the future. And so instead of taking on something where you think you can make a lot of money, if it's not going to be fun for everybody involved, you probably will say no to it or at least find out a way of making it more fun. And believe it or not, when you put this vision in front of your team members, then you back it up with genuine conversations, genuine interest on how to uh, improve things and create a safe environment where people can come and have a whinge. Can you believe that? That's the hardest thing with this because uh, traditionally what would happen if someone comes in and has a whinge about something, you know, harden up, princess, just, you know, cup of concrete and get over it. You don't have to do that. That's not helpful. That's not constructive creating a safe place where everybody has the opportunity to bring to the table things that they just don't like doing, frustrated, 
for whatever reason, it's just got a negative around it. So we can figure out how to get rid of it, how to put music to it so we can dance while we're doing it so it's fun. I don't know. But the secret is for you to be the facilitator and not the person that comes up with all the solutions. In fact, you need to practice (laughs) Some of you may need to practice, some of you may not. I'll leave it up to you to decide. You need to be the dumbest person in the room. And that means that you just need to keep people focused and keep asking questions to keep the conversation going and make sure people stick to the rules as well. So if if someone does say, you know, you need to harden up, you know, that's not an issue, you go, "Uh uh-uh, that's not how we roll here. Everything is valid to put on the table, and if one person doesn't like it, we all want to get together and try and figure out a way to make it palatable, to make it fun. Because here's the thing, folks. When people are having fun, they are at their most effective and at their most efficient. So it's not just about shut up and get the work done. If we can figure out how to make things more fun, people will do things at a higher level of quality and faster. And I learned this many, many years ago in when I was working in sport. You know, I've worked with top uh, cricket sides. I've worked with both the Tassie cricket side, the, new, uh, the Victorian cricket side. I've worked with most of the, the top tennis players in the country back in the day, not now. And that same thing, when you can bring enjoyment into what you're doing, the quality, the consistency, all of the good things go up when you're enjoying it. So... Um, that's, that's another thing you need to do to, uh, make sure that, that you're not only making more money, but you're having a whole lot more fun doing it. Stop measuring success by turnover, measure success by net profit. Uh, we're not talking about this tonight, but I'm sure that we will be in the not too distant future. Get yourself a a copy of profit first. Read it, devour it, read it, read it, read it, read it, and implement, 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 and stick to it 100%. And if you've got any questions about it, you can ask those questions in in uh, Builders in a Circle. More than happy to help you. But that is a game changer when it comes to financial fortunes. Um, it, it changes the financial fortunes of any business who has the guts to implement that that process flat out, full on, no excuses, don't try and modify it to suit yourself. So I hope that answers that question. We've come come uh, at it uh, from a couple of different, different directions. Um, this one I've kind of answered, so I'll just, I'll ask, I'll give, give you the question and, and uh, but I'm kind of reiterating what I've just been saying. The, the question is, uh, how do you, Stop the guys making silly mistakes. Some cost a bit of money, but others are just frustrating. I've talked to them about it multiple times and it still happens. And I've got a PS there. Firing up doesn't seem to work. Um, I remember one of our past Black Belt members <laughs> who uh, who used to fire up uh, and found out that it didn't, it, it, you know, it, all it does is get your blood pressure pumping. It doesn't fix the situation. So the answer to that question is what I've just said as well, is uh, getting a, a, a procedure-based uh, culture happening and make it a fun, important, rewarding thing to do to contribute to the 
implementation or the creation, then the implementation, the measurement and the refinement of procedures and systems. Um, one of the fundamental flaws you'll see in most building businesses is everybody does it the way that they do it because everybody, we're wired to be right. So, you know, um, we all think that we know better. And uh, for some reason my screensaver just came on, but that's all right. Um, fixed it now. The... Um, Everyone thinks that they know better, so if there is a specific way of doing things, they will not necessarily follow it. They'll do it their way because they think it's better. So you've got to create a culture and have the team understand that consistency is the key, and if different people are doing it different ways, we don't know which is the best way. So we've got to do it one way. We've got to measure it. We've got to come back. We've got to assess it, and we've got to contribute ideas to the improvement of it. And the the secret here, and it's a law of nature, it's the law of never-ending improvement. And it basically says that you are either green and growing or you are ripe and rotting. And that means that there is no status quo. There is no let's do the same as we did yesterday today. If, if that's your objective, what you are doing is starting to rot. If you're not moving forward, if you're not growing, you are dying. So you've got to have that philosophy in your culture and encourage the team to always be looking for ways to improve um, the, the procedures and systems, to move towards that vision I just spoke about, toward, move towards more flexibility, more financial security and having more fun. I mean, if you can tick those three boxes in your business, you, you're going to have great days. You're going to have a great team. And I, I know for sure and certain there are people in Builders in a Circle, particularly the Builders Black Belt members that are in the Facebook group, Builders in a Circle, will support me on what I'm saying because they've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt and what is the difference with their team now? Being able to go away uh, for a considerable amount of time and and everything just goes smoothly while they're away. And that's a great confidence booster because if you can build your team to that point, you can certainly go away, but, you know, I'm no, no good at doing that much. I can go away for a while, but I get bored and want to come back and do this stuff. But what that means is that they can be taking care of most of the day-to-day while you can start to do a hell of a lot more work on the business, on those things that I just talked about before with um, finding the, the the fears, frustrations, wants and aspirations of your ideal client and, and uh, doing all of those things that really make a big difference. Uh, Peter has joined us and Stevie G has also joined us. So if you've got any questions, want to make any comments about what I've just said, just pop them in the comments section below the video. Uh, love to hear from you. Um, okay, another question. Uh, oh, well, Wayne has just asked a question. I'll see if I can answer this one 
very quickly before I jump onto this next question. Wayno has says, what is the difference between a system and a procedure? Which is an awesome question because people seem to interchange um, systems and procedures. And, and in my mind, they are very different. A procedure is the steps that we follow. So if there is a procedure to do something, um, here's, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, here's step four. That's a procedure. And in my mind, a system is the thing, and you can't always put a system underneath a procedure. Sometimes you just can't. Um, but often you can, and a system is the thing that causes people to follow the procedure. Um and it's like you'll see it a lot in computer systems. You can't go to the next step until you've ticked that box, until you've hit the yes, I agree, because uh, there is a procedure. They've got a procedure where you have to agree to the terms and conditions of the software, and the system is you've got to tick that little box. If you don't tick the little box, you can't go to the next step. And so these also would be discussions I would be having with the team is having having them understand the difference between a system and a procedure and ask them, how could we create a system to ensure that we are all following this procedure? Now, sometimes you cannot do that. And so that's why I always am so big on you not creating procedures. I mean, you are the worst person in the business to create a procedure because what happens when you create a procedure, even though it's probably a better procedure than what the team came up with, you created it and that's the issue. And it's like you walk out onto the balcony of your ivory tower and uh, make a decree that now we are doing it this way. Uh, it's not the best way to do it. You've got to have the team have buy-in, have skin in the game. So from a leadership perspective, you are much better getting the team to come up with the, 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 the procedures, the refinements to the procedures, ideas for systems and so forth, and you just be the cheerleader. And you can certainly question them and, and put scenarios in front of them to, to test the, the rigidity, if you like, of their procedures, if you can see a, a hole in it. But instead of saying, oh, mate, that won't work, what you've got to do is take them through a scenario or allow them to implement it and find the, the deficiency or the shortfall in their procedure. Yes, it takes a little bit of extra time, but you are investing in the future. If you start to do it, you'll always be doing it and you'll have absolute hell zone chance of getting people to follow procedures that you make, right? Because they can, in their minds, I can do it better. So you've got to allow them and encourage them to contribute, refine, come up with ideas where these things can be created, and it makes a, a massive difference. Jamie has just joined as well. Good evening, Jamie. So uh, I hope that answers the question, Wayno. Uh, final question because we're just about out of time. I can't believe how quick 30 minutes goes. Um, last question. I tried asking if I could... Uh, I tried asking if I could send a questionnaire out. So this is in the the qualified process that we talk about. One of the first things we talk about in our qualified process, instead of just going, yep, I'll drop round and blah, 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 and start using up your time unnecessarily, because I'm sure many of you have done that 
you've you've put time into, you've travelled, you've gone and seen things, and people have just messed you around. So we create a qualification process, and this is one of the first steps: is sending out a questionnaire or asking a certain number of questions to find out where they are at uh, in the process. And the question is: I tried asking if I could send out a questionnaire. Uh, send a questionnaire out after you spoke about it, after I spoke about it uh, a while ago. Very few are interested. What am I missing? That's a great question because it's it's kind of similar to the, the free quotes thing. I started telling people I charge for quotes and no one wants to pay. <laughs> You've, the, what we need to understand is our qualification system needs two parts. Demir has joined us. Good evening, Demir. We're just about finished. <laughs> Starts at eight. Um so the, the qualification process is made up of two parts. One is the hurdle and the second is the education and, it, and it's kind of like a stepping stone. And the reason we have those two different parts in our qualification process, and by the way, we have multiple hurdles all the way along our qualification process. And a hurdle is asking someone to perform an action. So we call them behavioural hurdles. And if the person is the right type of person for our business, because we figured out their fears, frustrations, wants and aspirations, they will jump over that hurdle. Now, what many people have been doing is they've put a hurdle up. So the customer's coming along here and they've, they've, they've uh, at the bottom of the hurdle and they've said jump over this hurdle and even a reasonable person will look at that and go no that's too high I, I won't make it so they don't do what you're asking and this is what's happening to this chappy uh, Adrian Morelli has just joined us as well good evening um and so an important and essential part of the qualification process is we put a step a stepping stone or a, a, a step up against the hurdle, which just makes it easy for someone to step up onto that step and then jump over the hurdle. And what that step is made up of is education. And so if you just say, um, yep, I just need to send you out a questionnaire, that's what we do, that's the next step. If you'd like to move ahead, uh, send you out a questionnaire, you can send it back to me. Um, that's just putting the hurdle in front of you, in, in front of the prospect. But, but if you said, um, just, just before we, we uh, move on, um, what I'd like to do is just send you out a questionnaire if that works, or maybe I can ask the questions over the phone. Uh, we've, we've found uh, over the years since we've introduced this, it really saves you a lot of time, uh, a lot of frustration, and it really gets us focused on what we need to do or what direction we need to go in to help you as best as possible as soon as possible. Uh, and since we've been doing it, all, all of our clients have absolutely loved it. They said it saves them a whole bunch of time, gets them to think about things that uh, perhaps they might have missed, hadn't thought about before, and they find it really valuable. Uh, would it be okay if I can just shoot you out one uh, on, on the email or would you just like to answer them while you're on the phone now? So can you see that little bit of education, that little story, uh, a reasonable person, which is who you're after for your business, would go, yeah, sure, 
you know, fire away or send me out the, the questionnaire. I, I haven't got time to answer the questions right now. Either way is fine. But the unreasonable person, the person who you would never want to open the door to your business to would say, mate, not interested in any questionnaire. I just want a price. What's your square metre rate, this, that and the other? That should be a massive red flag, flashing light for you to run for the hills and show that person the door and refer them to somebody else. I, I suggest that you always do something to help somebody, even if they're totally inappropriate for you or you just don't want to uh, to have anything to do with them, you don't want to go any further, I would still suggest that you make a suggestion. I think that's super important. So we have come to the end of the show. Man, you know, uh, it goes so fast. Um, like to thank all of those people that asked those questions. There was a bunch of other questions, but hopefully – you got the answers you wanted by me answering those few questions. So if you guys out there have questions that you want me to give you an answer on uh, in Builders Problem Solved, simply put them in the, the comment section or, as many other people have done, you can just go to my personal profile on Facebook and and personal message me, direct message me, um, and uh, I can get the messages that way. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, that uh, this new format is giving you value. Um, and if there are other ideas that, that you uh, want me to look at to be able to make this, this show a little more valuable for you, I am all ears. You know, the whole purpose of Builders in a Circle and Builders Problem Solved is to give you guys um, support, to get you thinking in a different way, and the whole Builders Black Belt purpose, our purpose, our why, if you like, is to make a dent in the building industry and, and eliminate these crazy, crazy norms in the building industry like free quotes, uh, everyone decides, makes decisions on price, um, good help's hard to find, and just the crazy standard practices that really strip time away from the builder um, and, and put a whole lot of unnecessary stress on them, the team, the customer. You know, most of the ugly bits in a building business are totally unnecessary uh, and and I'd love to be the person that could help you guys, uh, help anybody in Builders in a Circle overcome the ugly bits. And if we can if we can just do a little bit by little bit and we can get rid of some of the challenges in your business one week and then something else the next and something else the next, you know, we can cover a lot of territory in 12 months. And 12 months goes in the blink of an eye, man. It's almost September. It was just Christmas not that long ago. You know, and do you, do you guys feel the same way? It is just time is going forward at an incredibly fast pace these days, but I think that's something to do with my hair colour, could be. So uh, thanks for joining in. Um, you can certainly, you don't only have to ask questions for Builders Problem Solved. If you're a member of Builders in a Circle, you can ask as many questions as you want. There are no stupid questions. If it's something that would help you if you found a solution to it, you can certainly Put it out there. I'm not the only one who will be able to answer that question. There are a lot of experience. Uh, there's a lot of very successful, very experienced builders in Builders in a Circle. 
um, who are more than happy to support anybody else in that group with uh, ideas, solutions and direction. So I hope this has been helpful. Uh, my name is Mick Hawes, Builders Business Black Belt. We'll be back again next Wednesday. And next Wednesday we'll have hopefully a special guest on um, from one of the uh, – oh, I just got an, an AFL notification on my phone. So something's happening with the AFL, so I better get off so I can find out what that is. But uh, next week we'll be interviewing one of the chaps from um, one of the builder's software companies. Uh, so please come in and join us. 8pm next Wednesday, uh, bring a bunch of questions if this is something that you're interested in, if you want to start looking at software for your business to to help with all sorts of uh, challenges that can be overcome with that sort of stuff. So that is it. Mick Hawes, Builders Business Black Belt. Bye for now. (laughs) 